Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia. I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hey, Dominic. How are you doing? Good. And for this episode, we've brought in a very special guest, and that's Oliver Brecht, who's the managing director at Veritas. Hey, Ollie. How are you? Good. So, Ollie, we've got you on the show today because, you know, with Veritas, you guys do a lot of work with corporates and sports teams and also in the mental health space. And in fact, you're our EAP provider, Employee Assistance Program provider. We wanted you on the show because there's all this stuff going on with COVID-19. People are working from home, which is quite different, remote working. There's a lot of anxiety out there at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's all probably Mm -hmm. taking a bit of a toll on people's mental health. And so we thought we'd have a chat with you and see, you know, what's going on? What are you seeing? What can people do? Mm -hmm. How does that sound? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a very pertinent conversation to be having at the moment. You know, we're faced with those triggers which hit us as humans most. You know, we've been asked to change and we've also been faced with something that's sort of out of our control at the same time. So a lot of triggers out there for people at the moment and it's a good conversation to have because it's about how we look at and seek to overcome and move through those triggers rather than avoiding them because it's just simply not possible at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting because it's in our face, right? I guess we're socially isolated, which I'm going to guess is, you know, a kind of (laughs) can be a contributing factor. Yeah, definitely. Distance, you know, so we're not seeing people and humans are social animals, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing at the moment, what we're talking to a lot of people about is the difference between social isolation and social disconnection. Mm. And just because we're socially isolating or socially distancing at the moment, it doesn't mean that we socially disconnect. What it does is it poses a challenge to our social connection, but there are still ways, luckily in the time that we're living in, within, through technology and other means that we can stay socially connected while socially isolating. Mm. And um, it's funny, I might just pop in and say that one of the ways, because we've got such a big community and we know that some people work on their own, in their own business, and so we've decided to do something called quarantining. So (laughs) one hour a week, quarantining, join us in the de-isolation lounge, and we're going to start that next week because of that fact, just because we're socially distant, we don't have to be socially disconnected or alone in that. Yeah. Um, So that's going to be some online meetups and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's not a seminar. We're not presenting anything. We're really just Mm. inviting people to hang out with us. Look, there might be some topics and things that people want to talk about or are curious or ideas that they're doing, which are, you know, that are working or, you know, I'm hoping there'll be some lightness Mm. as well, some levity, but we're not trying to, it's not about talking about diagnostics or anything. It's just really people coming together and, you know, because we have the capacity, offering that as a Mm. a forum. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think that sounds like a really good idea. And hopefully people, you know, share some knowledge as well, as you said, about what's working for them, maybe sharing some of the challenges they're facing and seeing if other people have faced similar changes and what their views, challenges, sorry, and what they've used to overcome them as well. Good idea. Well, on that, what what issues are you seeing come up you know, which maybe are starting to 
tick up because of the current situation? You know, what what's out there? Yeah, I mean, a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress at the moment is what we're seeing. To be honest, at the moment, the rates or number of people we're seeing hasn't increased too dramatically just yet. But what we are seeing is in the numbers of individuals we're speaking to, that the focus primarily is on coping with COVID and the anxiety and stress that comes with that. We're predicting that that increase will probably in numbers will probably come in about two weeks, two to three weeks as people start to get a little bit of cabin fever, people start to get a little bit stir crazy, and maybe there's some more concern about job security at that point when the you know, the picture's truly revealed. At that point, we'll see more utilisation. Uh-huh. At the moment, what we're seeing in regards to anxiety is just, it's, it's primarily health related. You know, what happens if we get it? All this sort of, how big is it going to be? How do I look after others? A lot of concern mm. for those that we're connected to who may be more vulnerable. A lot of, um, you know, not, not so much anxiety about own health, but out of people's kindness for their heart, how do you look after and protect those in the community that are more vulnerable due to age or immunity and things like that Mm. as well? It's definitely a challenge. I should say we're recording this on Friday the 20th of March. So the situation may have changed by the time we release this. (laughs) So so that uptick may well have happened. It's it's kind of interesting too that we're looking to release it on Monday or Tuesday and, and we're even sort of saying, you know, that things can change so rapidly at the yeah. moment every day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. So Yeah, definitely. So it's all on. And but but I definitely relate to that first statement about because I'm I'm not personally I'm not too worried about mm. myself. Mm. Luckily it doesn't seem to affect kids so much. So mm. it's a massive release. Mm. Otherwise I think my wife and I would be on full lockdown with our baby. Mm. But well, on but, that yeah. yeah, sorry, just to butt in there again. Sorry, one thing I forgot they're actually sort of seeing a little bit is, is some um, anxiety about social perception as well. Mm. If I am out going for a walk, if I am still at work, if I am doing these things, what are others going to think of me? Are they thinking that I'm socially irresponsible? Mm. What happens if my kid's the first one to get it at school? Now, we know well, as it stands at the moment, the kids are very resilient to COVID, but a lot of concern about what people would think if my kid got it at school. Are they going to think, mm. you know, that I'm not responsible parenting, that I live in squalor or something like that as well? Yeah, it's true. Because you don't want to send out that email to everyone you've been in contact with over the last yeah. week or whatever, like, hey, yeah. you know, yeah. go get yourself checked out. You know, that's yeah. not the message anyone wants to send. So there must be anxiety out there mm. too, yeah. Mm. Even mm. though, mm. I mean, the reality is it's a, it's a virus, right? It's like the flu. I mean, you mm. know. Mm. What can you do to some extent? I mean, obviously, we wash our hands and all that stuff, but that's not 100% protection, right? That social perception, I was in, I was coming back from Melbourne probably just last week, I think, and this poor woman who was coming on to the, the plane, I say poor because she, she did it like a cough, <clears throat> and mm. the number of heads that like swiftly turned and looked at her and, <laughs> yeah. and her eyes just got double in size, and she's saying, I just had to clear my throat. <laughs> And I just thought, gosh, you know, this is, uh, we're in that climate, you know, with people. But on a positive note, on that same flight from Melbourne, I was, a, a man sat next to me in my aisle. So we had a seat between us. And he said, hi, how you doing? Do you want some of this? And he handed me some hand sanitizer. Oh, how good. He'd only just bought it at the It's like liquid pharmacy. gold. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great <laughs> until um, somebody said to me, maybe they were just trying to make sure you were okay, Corinne. <laughs> yeah, it's protecting themselves, I suppose. Okay, so there's been a bit of 
upswing in um, that anxiety, general anxiety. Is there also anxiety around people's jobs and mm. stuff? Because I'm just wondering with the economy, you know, a lot of worry yeah. around that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's starting to grow in probably the last couple of days since we've seen what happened with Qantas mm. and, you know, such an iconic brand needing to to do what they've done with staff numbers over the next few months. It is starting to creep in. However, look, to be honest, I think with some of the uncertainty and well, so we've never been in this before. So, you know, is it truly going to last six months? Is it only a two-week thing? Like, It's not quite real enough for a lot of people at the moment. But I, I dare say that part of that uptake that we see in the next couple of weeks is going to be strongly focused on that mm. that area as well. Mm. Uh, and obviously the role on anxiety, stress, you know, some people it might be a loss of identity in losing work, but mm, obviously yeah. for a lot of people it's more the how do I provide for my family. My family. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, I mean, before then as well. You know, what the government's going to do in supporting small business as well. What are the banks going to do? Again, today, just before banks have, have come out and sort of put a freeze on payments from mm. small business, mm. um, Scott Morrison was saying. So it appears that that's coming to the party as well. But I mean, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and then. And we're not, you know, you can't just try not to predict too far into the future and load yourself up with tomorrow or next week or next month's questions when you're just trying to get through today at the moment. Yeah. I I think that what I've observed is when people start to, that anxiety gets its hooks into you is Mm. when you've you've gone from the moment that you're in to Mm. what could happen. So we borrow borrow the worry, you know, from the future that may or may (laughs) not happen. And and then it becomes overwhelming because no one can actually answer that question. No one can give that assurance. And so it's really important to just come back to today, you know, moment by moment. Am I okay right now in this moment? And I think, you know, putting some structure around it as well. And monitoring that you're not turning the ifs into when. Yes. As yeah. well. So I've noticed that a few people are starting to talk when this happens, when that happens. And what they've done is they've turned a fact out of a potential. Mm. And what we also need to do is make sure we don't, you know, view our thoughts as facts as well. Yeah. They're just thoughts. They're just our perceptions of a situation at the moment. They're not strict facts. And if we start turning ifs into whens, then that's when it can really start to uh, – those claws can really start to dig in because we start stressing and being anxious about things that are not true or not facts just yet as well. And Corinne, what you were talking about as well in that that future orientation, you know that we know that you you're anxious about things in the future. What are they going to think about me in the future? What's my job going to be like? Those sorts of things. When you're living more in the moment and mm. uh, and thinking about what you're going to do today, how you're going to structure today then it can help you to move the anxiety off that train of thought and leave it behind and start to focus on the here and now, which you can control. Yeah, I really love that watch that you're not turning an if into a when. And I think the other thing that happens is I might have turned an if into a when and I talk to you and Dom and you agree with me. Mm. And therefore it becomes confirmation that it's a truth. And that a few people agree with you doesn't make it a fact. And it's just getting people to remember that. Remember that a few people confirming a story doesn't make it true. Oh. Yeah, definitely. And that's where some of the, you know, we started, you know, there was that rumours that started coming out during this week 
you know, my friend of a friend of a friend works for the government. <laughs> and they say that we're all going to be living in our houses for 23 hours a day yeah. within the next 12 hours. Oh, yeah. You know, you've also got to be careful that you're not inadvertently spreading anxiety. I mean, we can inadvertently spread the virus. We can also inadvertently spread anxiety and stress amongst ourselves as well if we're not careful about just being sensible with the information we're talking about and, and spreading with others. And often we do it out of trying to be, you know, good moral, uh, good citizens in, in trying to spread news amongst each other. But if we're spreading sort of anxiety-provoking potentials rather than facts that can actually inadvertently do the wrong thing. Yeah. I like the analogy is that it spreads like the virus too. Mm. Well, so you talked earlier about, you know, noticing if you think, if you're converting ifs to whens, mm. what other signs should be, we be watching out for, you know, we're working remotely perhaps, you know, what are some flags for ourselves mm. that we might notice where, hey, maybe I need to talk to someone like an EAP provider and most corporations and so on have have an EAP provider? Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of what you really want to be watching out for is that catastrophic thinking and an over-rumination about potential negatives or what is going to happen and and those sorts of things. So noticing if you start to watch the news 23 hours a day rather Mm. than doing work or spending time doing other engagements as much as possible as you can with everything that's going on and noticing that you're, you're starting to think and and threats about things that are completely out of your control, those are the issues or those are the times that you need to be, you should be aware that maybe maybe the way you're approaching this and maybe the, your thought styles aren't helping you cope with what's going on at the moment. Mm. And it's it's a tough one. I mean, I I've, I noticed actually the other day where had the, especially because I'm at home, I've got the rolling news on in the background mm. and mm. because it is developing so fast, you know, there there is lots of updates and stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is too much. It's too much. Yeah, you know, exactly. On constantly, and so I mean, we've we've decided we're going to watch the the breakfast show and then the evening news and no yeah. CNN or whatever in between. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know you you got to be asking yourself: Am I staying informed or am I focusing on this? Mm. Over focusing on this as well, because it does change from minute to minute. But really, for us and the way that we're behaving. Do you need to be focused on it every five to 20 minutes if mm. you're already doing some social isolation and social distancing and working mm. from home? Mm. You know, do you really need to be staying that informed? Or like yourself, Dom, at the moment, having specific times where you give yourself exposure to what's happening to stay informed and stay up to date and then move on to the things that you need to be doing in that day, which help you keep that routine, which help you stay focused on other things at times. You know what I found as well in the kind of, it was in, when was it, a little earlier this week in the sort of spin cycle of it. And I was watching all this news and I went, I was like, I've got to get out of the house, mm. you know. Mm. And that's the that's the weird thing is I'm watching all this news, it's all dire. And I look out the window, it's this beautiful Sydney summer day, yeah. gorgeous mm. blue skies, it's warm, you know. It's like, I've, I live near mm. Centennial Park, so it's like, there it is right there. So I thought, you know, I'll get out of the house, I'll go for a run around the park. Yeah. You know, because I can mm. still keep my distance sort of mm. with people, right? And um, went for a run, but I was listening to a podcast about the funny virus. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to pause that and I'm just going to run in silence and hear the birds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was something quite refreshing, good for the soul about doing that, I think. I think so. And I think that's a really important point. I think, you know, have a kind of a checklist of what you're doing to look after yourself and then just keep to it, you know, like, 
go for some exercise, try and do 20 minutes of exercise and maintain the, the social distance. Make sure that you get really good sleep because good sleep, mm. you know, helps your immune system. Drink lots of water, but like having some little routines and I'm swimming at the moment and I think I was more at risk when I went for a swim at the beach when there was um, all that storm weather. All <laughs> the storms are yeah, <laughs> um, So I think like choose the things that you know give mm. you some satisfaction and give yourself a break from all the news. And I even yep. think, you know, with friends and that is just kind of agreeing that we're just not going to talk. That's not going to be yep. the only thing that we talk about. Yep. Um, they're all helpful things. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, it, and I've mentioned it a few times now, but it's again, you know, what we're telling a lot of people to help yourself cope with and move through this period is looking to retain that structure in your day. Mm. And looking to be creative and how you keep some of those things, as you said, Corinne, that give you that good satisfaction or give you that those good feelings and positivity in your life. So if you do go to the gym every day and maybe that's not possible now, how can you still get and remain fit and engage in exercise each day so that you're bringing in that positivity? I mean, you've got to do things that make you feel good. If you keep watching the news, which doesn't make you feel good, well, then you're not going to feel good. So how are you continuing to achieve things? How are you continuing to engage in those things which gave you positivity before COVID-19 was a thing is what you need to be looking like at the moment as well and having some of those rules maybe to help you disconnect from from the topic from time to time throughout the day as well. Like do you have a hard and fast rule over dinner we don't talk about it or Mm. or other things as well. Mm. Yeah, no, those, those are good tips. Here's a question for you around structuring your day. I don't know, this is something I've been doing, I don't know if this is weird or not, but I'm going to put it out there, which is, I, I, I still kind of get dressed up for work, so I put on my khaki <laughs> I've pants. I've noticed that in our meetings. Yeah, I wear my shirt and stuff, because you know why I feel weird, even though I'm at home, like if I'm in my board shorts and singlet, I just, I'm not in the same yeah. mindset. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. just, it, mm-hmm. For me, it just doesn't work, so there's something about putting on the uniform, if you like, um, yeah, definitely. That kind of puts me in work zone, and now I'm I'm going to work and I feel professional. Yep. So yeah. So I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if it helps. Well, it helps the mindset for mm. sure. And, you know, you get up and, you know, you put your professional clothes on and get ready to do professional things, even though you're not maybe not leaving the house. It still, you know, it helps signify the beginning of the day and the intent that you have for that day. I mean, if you're just getting up and sitting down at the desk in your jocks and not really preparing <laughs> yourself for... That wouldn't go down well on the video call, would it? (laughs) And it starts to, um, you know, that's not keeping structure and that is exposing yourself to, um, you know, changing things or or becoming a bit sloppy in it as well. You know, we always feel better. How much better do you feel when you get up in the morning and, you know, put your clothes on or have a shower Mm. or, or do the exercise as well? Try and keep those things going in your routine to help give yourself the best possible day and then you know, we all know that once you've done one positive thing in the day, it's a lot easier to do a second and a third and a fourth. And mm. where if you take that shortcut at the beginning of the day, well, you're likely setting yourself up to, to go down a path of less positive moving forward for the day. Mm. Yeah. And what if there's someone out there who's listening, you know, and maybe they're recognizing some of these signs in themselves at the moment or in a the, in the loved one perhaps at home. What should they be doing if that's the case? Yeah. So a couple of things. I mean, internally, you know, it's looking to distract yourself positively with other things going on in your life because it's not telling yourself not to think about COVID or not to stress about it because if I tell you not to think about chocolate cake, the first thing you start thinking about is chocolate cake. So it's the same model here. It's not about 
Thanks not for that. thinking about COVID. <laughs> it's about giving yourself and reminding yourself of the positive things that are still going on in your life, whether that's work, whether that's spending time with your family, whether it's, you know, acting in accordance with your values as much as as much as possible. And that's where again structure can help you engage with those things on a regular basis through yeah. this time. That's sometimes easier said than done. So what I would be doing is again, maybe definitely reaching out to those in your social network or your family network, checking in with them and having a chat, you know, maybe normalizing the feelings that you have at the moment can help you, you know, understand that they're not wrong or they're not scary. They're just part of what's happening to ourselves at the moment. Or by talking to your friends who have got other things going on in your life, you know, again, might add some distraction as well. Or maybe you've got those empathetic friends out there that, you know, can help you with those thoughts at the moment. Again, if that's not working or that's not possible, then a lot of organizations have EAPs and counseling services out there. They all, including us, you know, have transitioned to do a lot of telehealth and video conferencing sessions at the moment. So those services are well and truly still available out there. If not, if you don't have access to an EAP for whatever reason, then, you know, don't forget Lifeline as well as always there to have a chat to during these times. So 13, 11, 14 is their number. And if if you do find yourself really coping and you've got nowhere else to turn, then Lifeline's a great resource to the community in times like these. That's a great point, Ollie. So there's always someone to talk to, I guess, is, is the point, right? Mm. So if you're, if you're mm. feeling something, it's mm. not wrong. It's not bad. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's just, it is, it is what it is. Yep. And it's to reach out to someone. I think reach out to someone. And I think if I think about the constructive style and linking it back, achievement's all about where is your effort mm. going to make a difference? So if you mm. notice that you're starting to ruminate, so you're overthinking a particular mm. scenario, you've gone from an if to and when, just ask yourself mm. the question, where is my effort going to make a difference right now? Yeah. And then definitely. you act on that. And that's a bit yep. of structure back in the in your world. You know, self-actualizing is all always how do you be true to you and be true to others? Uh, What's important mm. to for you right now? And yeah. you know, so I think it's it's that one around achievement, you know, where does my effort make a difference right now? What is the one thing that I could do that mm. would really help me structure my day yep. or you know, help me offer support to someone else. Mm, mm. Important questions it, just to recenter. Hundred percent. If you look at the World Health Organization's definition of mental health, it's not just about positive emotion or feeling positive feelings. It's also, you know, part of it's about how you're engaging with those pursuits which are meaningful and purposeful to yourself as well and your ability to engage in those as well. So Doing positive things, as you mentioned, Corinne, like what is achievable now? What, could, what are my short-term goals? And moving towards them also then relays into positive emotion and positive thoughts as well. Mm. Yeah, so it all combines together, yeah. Mm. What about, I've got kind of two more questions, which is, so we talked about how to recognize in ourselves. What if I'm a leader mm. and mm. I've now got a team who are working remotely in particular, but maybe not necessarily, it could be in person too. How do I potentially spot signs or signals in my team that something might be might be off for them, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of it comes down to change, yeah, because we're all naturally very different people. So we can't just have a real hard and fast rule mm. about, you know, certain language or certain approaches that people have because that might just be part of their personality, you know, extrovert versus introvert, all those sorts of things. 
But really at the moment, what you're looking, what you'd be wanting to look for and keep an eye out for is withdrawal. So people sort of really changing in the level of engagement they have in the group and the communications and those sorts of things and appearing to lose just interest in work or in other areas that you notice as well. The other thing that I'd be, you want to be looking for is also that ruminating thought. So people that are just hyper-focused on COVID and the destructive nature and all the positive negative outcomes, and no matter how hard you try to move the conversation onto another area or another thing or back onto work, they just keep drawing it back. That's another sort of highlighter that someone might not be coping very well no. uh, at the moment. And then it's just about reaching out both proactively and reactively. So if you notice someone in a, in a you know, in a hookup or, or face-to-face you is hyper-exaggerating things, then maybe going to them after the meeting, you know, you don't want to point it out in front of everyone and put them on a pedestal, but, mm. you know, hey, Steve, or hey, Jill, I just noticed, look, we're talking there and you really struggled to sort of move through onto different subjects and what we were meant to be talking about. Just wanted to check in and see how you're going as well. So, but I'm also trying to keep a lot of contact, as I mentioned, proactively as well. So not just waiting for meetings, et cetera, to, to discuss or to reach out and check in with everyone, but actually making a concerted effort to one-on-one, via telephone, via video conference, however it might be, go and check in with uh, your team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great calls. And finally, what resources are out there, Ollie? Like I know you guys have your own podcast, The Psych Up mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. That, that's got some good ones around goal setting and well-being, for instance, was an episode in there. What else is out there that people could could read or listen to? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good information coming from the World Health Organization, also the Australian government as well uh, are sending a lot of good information out there. That's sort of you know it's not biased, it's not designed to create an overly panicked reaction to things. It's just fact and the latest and information around those things. So I'd be suggesting to go to there. Again, Lifeline, they've got the, the telephone service, but they've also got a website with resources on that as well. Yeah, and that would be, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other resources out there. There's ones like Black people, Dog as well, have some stuff, yeah, I Black guess. Dog yeah, Black Dog would have some things out Head at the gear, moment. Lifeline. Yeah, Headspace, Headspace for those yeah. who, you know, parents and younger individuals as well. Headspace would be a really good place to be um heading to to get some information about how to um, manage anxiety in our younger population. They might be more immune to the disease, but sorry, the virus, but they're definitely not more immune to the anxiety and stress Mm. that goes with Mm. it. So if you notice that your your child or maybe a younger member of your team at work is struggling, then look at, you know, going there for some information about how to engage and educate those individuals as well, or direct them there as well. Great tips, Ollie. All right. Well, I think, you know, that uh, will get us through, hopefully, you know, and I think the message <laughs> is, you know, have that structure in your day. Don't ruminate and, and get stuck on the news, yep. you know, limit your news source. And look, if something, if something's off, doesn't quite feel right, reach out to someone and, yep. and have that chat. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and be realistic. Be realistic about what's achievable during this time as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm. due to circumstances which are out of our control, we're all required to make some changes about what our expectations are for the next six months. Mm. You know, maybe you were planning on running that marathon and that's not possible. I mean, that's 
it's not ideal. It's very disappointing. But if you keep trying to reach and ruminating on that goal that's now not possible, you're just setting yourself up for failure. What is still possible at the moment? What maybe if you what happens if you extend that goal out beyond the next six months? What can you do to better prepare for that? What can you do to continuing mm. prepare for that mm. to help you still remain with something uh, remain with something to aim for, but that's just also not impossible and not keeping you focused on what has changed and what's no longer going to happen to what can still happen if you put your mind to it. And I think the little milestone, so I'm a bit in that situation where I've signed up for a two-kilometre swim and that event's been cancelled, but we're looking at pushing out a a special event amongst the group that I'm in for when we can do it. And for me, between now and then, it's one of my little milestones that will help me, strengthen me so I can do it better than I would have been if you know, if it had happened in April. So it's kind of saying, okay, what are the little things that I could refine, get better at, or learn, you know, in the time that Mm. I've got? And then when I, and so that the achievement of that little milestone can be a celebration, you know, rather than kind of putting all my eggs in that event basket, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, awesome tips. Thanks for joining us, Ollie. No worries. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks heaps, Ollie. All right. No worries. Hopefully we'll have you on another one soon. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'd love to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, everyone who's listening to this should uh, subscribe to the Psych Up podcast as well. So there's some great stuff over there that you guys are doing. Definitely. All right, mate. See ya. All right. Have a good one. Bye, all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.